you know, a lot of times, I, one of my friends was Ute, and 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 he told me they believe in a Wendigo type creature, but not it's it, they don't call it's not the same. It's it's you know, and we we were actually talking one day with an, another guy who's it was ha- who's half uh, Native American, um, and we were all talking about it, and they were talking to me about the Comanches and what they if because you know my my grandmother's Comanche. Do do I? Uh, have any stories and legends of the Comanches? And I said, not much, because the Comanches didn't have a lot of superstition. Yeah, they, they weren't had, a lot. I'm sorry, what? They weren't a superstitious lot. Not really. They 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 did have uh, evil creatures and things like that that they just kind of and they, but they had areas that they stayed out of. They believe that certain areas, uh, especially here in Texas, there are certain areas where you can go. <clears throat> and you won't find one arrowhead, not a Flintstone, not a anything, because the Comanches completely stayed out of that area, along with the others, uh, the different tri- tribes that were were driven out eventually by the Comanches, which people call wrongly call Apaches, because Apache is a Comanche word; it just means enemy. So it's not really a, you know, they don't call themselves Apaches. Uh, the Comanches call them that, but um, the these areas have no native american in, in, inhabitant they, they, they didn't inhabit those areas and you oft, oftentimes you know not only will you find that those areas really are cursed i mean they really do have like hauntings and things that go on um there's bigfoot dogman encounters people have goatman and the natives were just like they would pass through and they wouldn't stop they just kind of was like okay this is a no go area we're just going to go through it the comanches had several of those now, the, the, the same thing applies, though, to areas where they did inhabit, not necessarily the Comanches, but with just the natives in general, because you don't want to be building or living near a burial ground, because that's like the most common, you know, urban legend, hey, it was a burial ground, and it happened like the movie Poltergeist, you know? Oh, yeah. We hear those legends all the time here in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Because anywhere they, you know, that they, that they bury their dead, you don't want to be around that, because right. they did put <laughs> a lot of strong uh, medicine on there, which is magic. Um, to protect it and ward it off and whatever. Uh, now, one of the things that me and these two gentlemen were talking about, uh, and, we, and we were having a discussion, they were asking me about the the, the Nirmana legends, uh, the or the Nirmana, depending on how you pronounce it. You know, just pe- different people pronounce it different ways. That's the the people they called themselves the people, the Comanches. I just told them, I said they didn't really have a lot of legends, uh, so to speak. Uh, they did they did believe in a Bigfoot type creature. Um, but it to them was like a demon, like an evil thing that just lived in certain areas and they avoided it. Uh, they, they passed through certain areas. There were certain areas where their horses would get uncomfortable and they wouldn't go. They didn't like to be, uh, they liked to be out in the open, not around a bunch of trees, um, because they believed that they could be ambushed. Uh, not just by people, but by other things too. Their closest allies were the Kiowa, and they were the exact opposite of the Comanches other than their battle-like ferocity. They were very much uh, superstitious. They believed in shape-shifting and all kinds of just every type of uh, deity you could imagine. They were completely different than the Comanches. Other than that, they were very blood, blood, bloodthirsty, you know, and they were warlike, and they committed war against their neighbors, um, as uh, they were just a smaller tribe that were kind of almost like a uh, a vassal state to the Comanches, they were kind of like a wing of the Comanches. Um, but they were they had a lot of traditions. And when I was talking to these individuals, I said, "Now I can get into some of the things that the Kiowa believed." 
Um, and they definitely had different types of creatures. And, and I think most natives did, but I think that the Wendigo uh, f- uh, figures into pretty much all of the native lore. When you look at their, they all have this sort of uh, creature that was, was like a spirit that could possess the body and of a person and it could twist that person and it could cause them to be cannibals. And w- the conversation was about serial killer cannibals um, oh, that, that we were talking about. We were actually talking about serial killers and being cannibals and things like that. And one of the things that that I talked to my uh, cousin about who stayed in the Wind Reser- River Reservation with the Shoshone for a long time, and, uh, you know, we talked about how there are cases of natives, you know, um, kind of losing it and that they would actually, um, they would say, hey, they were possessed by the spirit of the Wendigo. Yep, you know, very true. and that they would become cannibalistic, or they would they would go on a blood like a killing spree, or they would murder someone, and they would they would feel like there was a spiritual thing that happened to them. Um, but I also think that the, the 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 theory that these things can warp and change and morph people is is interesting. Now, Lon Strickler, a good friend of mine, he actually did a a report on from the the Sierra Nevadas. I don't know if you've heard of this called Penelope. If you guys have never heard of Penelope, you guys got to look it up, man. It is really creepy. Uh, I believe it's in his uh, Monsters. Is it Monsters and Mysteries that Lon, Lon does? Um, anyways, I know it's Arcane Radio. But anyway, if you look it up in his archives, Lon Strickler has has done in his books and in his stories, uh, I read one about a creature called Penelope that these these people were in an RV park or camping in the Sierra Nevadas, and they see this like seven foot tall nude female that just was just hor- hor- horrific to look at with stringy hair and a mouthful of teeth and really, really skinny and emaciated walking around in the cold, uh, screaming, making a, a noise, you know, and, and that terrified them. And then they, they, they took off. Well, years later, somebody near the same area, if, if I'm correct on this, I believe I have to go back and look, but I don't, I don't have his notes in front of me. But there was something that crawled across a, a road in front of some people, and it had the same feminist, fem, uh, female uh, characteristics, uh, with the stringy hair, and it had like it was nude, and it was crawling like on all fours, almost spider-like across the road. Um, that that right there to me would scream Wendigo. Oh yeah, that just sounds like a Wendigo. The the story is that she was once a a, a person from the frontier that had gotten uh, lost and became a, basically became a Wendigo and and had transformed into this hideous creature. Um, and maybe this is a story. Maybe she's maybe it's an ancient creature, and and that the natives just gave it an, a backstory. Who knows? Or maybe the settlers gave it a backstory. I have no idea. But it makes sense. I mean, it, yeah, it does. It makes sense that it could have been, you know, somebody that was changed into this, you know, sort of, you know, I mean, who's going to run around in the mountains in the cold, you know, nude? Not um, I. Don't. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, there's this, there's this story and this creature. And, and so the park rangers told the, 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 it was a father and a son in the RV. They told him, yeah, we've been getting reports of this for decades and, you know, um, people see it, you know, and people do go missing. And they told them, you know, that you're lucky you didn't go out, you know, because there have been reports of this thing, you know, attacking people and doing different things. Uh, Even the hike makes 
sense too. The seven foot tall. I mean, even that makes sense with a Wendigo because they say that people that get possessed by Wendigo, they actually grow in height. And because yeah, and they become emaciated, their yep. limbs become elongated, and of course, the legend is that their heart becomes ice. That's the that the, is what they say. Yeah, that's why they use beef tallow to thaw out the heart of ice. Yeah. Um, do you guys have a, a do you have a story to tell, uh, Ryan or or uh, Ashley, or do you want me to go on to another story? You go I've got um I've got two of them, so I'll, I'll share them real quick. Go They're ahead, pretty shoot. quick. No, no, no. Um, don't don't don't, don't move quickly on my behalf. Uh, <laughs> take your time. Well, thank you. Okay. Um, so this one I've got uh, ended up uh, coming across while I was researching actually the uh, Beast of Butter Street. That's the dog man in Germantown, Ohio. And, um, you know, this kind this area that they say that this dog man's in, I'm very familiar with because it's it's it was a stomping ground for me as a kid. I've been there a lot. We used to go down because it was spooky and it was a scary area. Not because I had heard that there was a dog man there, but because there was this road that was allegedly super haunted. But anyway, so I've been kind of, um, you know, now the research is, has kind of gotten into um, concentrated areas of high strangeness, right? And this is definitely one of them. And, um, you know, what I came across was that there was an alleged uh, Wendigo sighting in in this area. And again, this is this is Ohio, um, you know, which I mean, it could fit the bill. I've not, well, okay, so there's a there's a um, rumor that there's a Wendigo because of the uh, Travel Channel documentary on Helltown, but that was not actually a documentary; it was a mockumentary. None of that was real. Yeah. Um, but you know, this one again was just somebody kind of out of the void, and now. You know, it becomes one of those things. It's like, well, what do they see? We do have a lot of deer here. Um, we've, we've got not deer in Ohio. Um, and especially in this type of area, that would make sense. You know, what, was it the stag headed thing or, um, but no, they actually described, you know, a small, uh, grayish colored humanoid that they saw kind of retreat back into the woods from the side of the road. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, but then this other one was relayed directly to me. Um, and, you know, the person is somebody that I know personally, and they were driving, they were on their motorcycle, and they were driving uh, country roads in Wisconsin. And while they were out there, um, they saw this, you know, pale grayish humanoid thing on the side of the road um, eating something. And, you know, it was horrifying. And so he, he left, well, he decided to go back. And, uh, you know, when he, when he did go back, you know, the thing wasn't there anymore, but the remains of whatever it was it was eating was there. And he said it was definitely carrying, it wasn't fresh. It was, it was decayed and old. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so he thought that that was, you know, that was pretty wild, but nothing really spectacular, but I just thought that, you know, that those would be fun to share, you know, I guess. Interesting if, if stories, nevertheless. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you consider fun. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> well it depends on what kind of people you are apparently i was sure. i'm a weirdo because me and two native american friends were talking about serial killers but <laughs> well because my one friend john he was like well white people are serial killers i said actually uh there's a lot of murder from a lot of different types of people it just seems like certain people you know are able to continue doing it i mean you know and i told yeah, him well, i said there's certain people that do it one of the most prolific actually i was watching recently um, but not to get all into that, but there there was a guy, and it was it was on uh, Netflix, and it was a story. Uh, guy's name was Samuels. Uh, I can't remember, but he was an African American guy, but he killed bunches of women, and it was just horrific, you know. But he said that he felt like, you know, when 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 he was talking to this uh, woman, uh, she, and I can't remember, she's married to uh, 
the we the the guitarist from Weezer. Okay. Yeah, nice. and, and she did the documentary, and she she got to this guy's head, and she if it's, it's all, it was on Netflix, and he told her everything about all these women he had killed, and what what's crazy though. He said, I don't know, man. It was like something would come over me and I just had to choke him, you know? And it was like, I just had to do it, you know? But you hear that from these murderers, from these killers. It's like there's a compulsion there, you know? Um, and they, they they just can't help themselves. And then when you look at like the cannibalistic ones, like, okay, Ed Gein, Albert Fish, Jeffrey Dahmer, they all say the same thing. It's like there's a compulsion in them to eat the flesh of these people. They can't control themselves. They can't stop themselves. And when I was talking, I was actually talking about the Herb Baumeister uh, case. It was back when I was uh, doing the show with Anna Choate when she came on and when she did the investigation of Fox Hollow Farm. Now, as far as we know, he didn't eat people, but he killed a bunch of, of men uh, over 50, they think. But, but you know, it, it was weird. We were talking about it and I was talking, we kind of got off on a tangent, me and my friend. And then we, he called another guy that we knew from back in the day. And uh, and he got on there. And he's actually Chippewa, and we started talking about the legends and things like that. And and the the one friend who's Chippewa, he actually told me. He said, "Dude, it sounds like <clears throat> these people were possessed by the Wendigo." And I right. thought that was interesting that even the Chippewa have stories. Now they didn't. They have another name. I don't know exactly, but. They started talking, you know, and we all just kind of started talking about it, you know, and then the name Wendelushi came up, you know. Um, yeah, that's it's derived from combining the two words of Wendigo and Skinwalker. And skin, yeah. Uh, you see, there you go. And see, now there's the Skinwalker connection, too. Uh, I got one for you. And, and then, Ashley, I don't know if you've heard this one. I know Ryan has. Ryan's probably going like, I've heard all these. This is, you know, but <laughs> Ashley, Ashley probably hasn't heard it. And the people at home, I'm sure you've heard it because I've talked about it on the show. But my friend Arash, uh, there's an area in Austin who, which I'm thoroughly convinced had some type of entity or creature that lived in the woods there off of William Cannon. It's a, it's a road. I used to live on that road. And there was a lot of weird stuff that went on there. And for those of you who are listeners of the show, you can go back and check the live streams and you can go back and listen to the archives, whatever. Um, but, but there was a lot of weird stuff that happened there. There was a girl that used to work for us. She was a bartender and her friend came in told us that she saw something that looked almost like the Wolfman from uh, the movie with Benicio Del, Del Toro, but that she could have sworn had like little horns on it. And that same area, I had a guy who said, hey, I know you're from Austin. He sent me a, a message on Messenger, and he said back in the 70s, I used to go hunting there in that area because it was, it was back in those days, it wasn't even part of Austin yet. It was like the it was the outskirts. You know, you, you were – People would buy like, you know, four or five acre plots and that's, it was kind of like living out in the country basically, even though it was, you know, it was just on the outskirts of what was technically Austin, but it really wasn't. Um, and it was very thick, thick woods. Now, when I lived there in the nineties up until the mid two thousands, it was just very thick woods. Um, and so there was a lot of, of sightings of, of these creatures. And my friend Arash ran a bar. He was coming home on a street near Ditmar, uh, called Ditmar near his house and which was only maybe I think a mile and a half from where I lived. And he saw what looked like a half man, half, he couldn't tell if it was like a, a skinwalker or what it was, but he said it looked like it was eating another person. Um, and he was like, I don't know what that is, you know? And then of course, you know, you tell the police and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll get right on it. They don't, you know, 
Um, there was a lot of weird stuff that went on in that area. They were finding dead hogs that had been ripped up. They'd found dead deer and they were even in my neighborhood. Um, you know, and my brother actually, I said this on the show the other day, he, he kind of, he kind of got me looked at because he, he said, yeah, my brother Wolf. And they're like, oh, he calls himself Wolf, huh? And there's animals being killed, you know? Uh, so they started kind of question, they, they questioned me and I was like, Hey man, you know? I'm a normal guy, and you know, I've been called that for a long time. I, I don't know anything about these animals being, you know. Well, the game warden that got involved, he was like, nah, you know, it wasn't a person killing them with a knife. You know, this was an animal, and it was a predator, and it was a lone predator. Um, and they they did believe that it was canine in origin, possibly, more than likely, because of the tracks. And uh, that was a weird thing that happened in my neighborhood, and and so – I kind of didn't appreciate D saying all that because I was like, dude, you you made it, you, you know, you made these cops, you know, this guy calls himself Wolf, huh? Maybe he's, you know, out here killing deer, you know, out of season or something, you know. Um, but they were eating them raw too, so that's not something I'd be doing. I mean, I'd, I'd at least uh, salt and pepper them a little bit, <laughs> you know. But uh, I'm not into steak tartare, you know. But it was weird. It was all this, uh, you know, and, and so for years though, that whole area, that corridor was we we would get reports of like some sort of, you know, creature, you know, and I never could really pin down. I kept thinking, oh, it's a dog, man, you know, but then people would say, well, you know, it might have had hooves and horns. I'm not sure. The weirdest thing that I was told was was this one guy that lived over there. Uh, and this guy was a martial arts instructor that had a, a, a school and everything at one time. So he's not some scaredy cat guy. I've known this guy for years. And uh, he moved down to uh, Victoria. But uh, – he was walking and he saw what looked like, you know, this creature like paralleling him through the woods. He's on a sidewalk, uh, you know, and there's cars and stuff that drive by, you know what I mean? But he, there's like, it's really weird because Austin's built into like a big forest. So, you know, you go through Austin and there's, that's why there's so many homeless people here and there's these camps because there's just woods all in and out all over the city. Um, even to this day with all the development and everything else, there's still a lot of woods in the city. So you got these uh, cities uh, and it's kind of like Houston's like that too. It's very wooded, you know? And so, you, you know, you have, he's walking along and he sees this thing kind of paralleling him through the woods and he couldn't get a good look at it. And he could have swore it had a wolf-like head, but, but that it had horns. <laughs> And so, you know, I, he always said that. He goes, dude, I would swear it was a werewolf, but I could have swore I saw horns on this thing. And so so there's this whole corridor there that has a lot of um, activity of uh, cryptid. I don't, I don't know if you want to call it cryptid. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a goat man, a wolf man, or something in between. Um, but I also have heard uh, at least two reports of people seeing like a pale humanoidal type creature run across the road. Um, now one of those happened on Ditmar, that road, uh, but it was further to the West from where Arash had his encounter and this thing crawled across the road, looking like a pale humanoid, um, type creature. And then it happened on William Cannon too. This thing started on two legs and then kind of just, you know, leapt into the road and then went boop, boop. And then it was was gone. Wasn't crawling. It was actually kind of like, like it leaped, it leapt or whatever. Um, but. Th these reports are about what half a mile from each other. Got to be the same. Got to be the same thing or same species of some some type of creature. But what are the odds that people are going to see this weird white type pale humanoidal type creature, and then you get 
people seeing like a goat man type dog man creature. I mean, it's it, it, I don't I don't know if it's the same thing or something. You know, it's a shapeshifter. Maybe that's the pregame form. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't it's all connected, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be something, you know, in the area that attracts these things to those areas to uh, create the these. Mm. It could be. It very well could be. Yeah. Maybe it, it is. Or they're all, maybe there is uh, multiple different creatures. Um, and they're just, they're coming, like you said, you're, they're attracted to the area by something. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I, as far as Wendigo, though, I, I, those reports, nobody saw their breath or had anything cold and happening like, you know, nothing like that. Um, although a couple of them did happen, you know, in the late fall to early winter, I noticed that cause I was looking at the times. Um, but I, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I don't, those don't strike me as being like, you know, windy go. Like I don't, I don't get like the feeling, you know, like, like some of these. Um, and what I mean by that is there's one from the wind river reservation, and this one, I honestly feel like it was a Wendigo. It happened to two uh, Native American individuals. They were Arapaho, and they were walking through the reservation. Uh, they were, you know, the land of the reservation, of the Wind River. And they were cutting across down a trail, and it wasn't wintertime. And that's the thing. According to them, it was midsummer. And they were cutting across, you know, and they said that the only thing they'd ever had to worry about were spider webs. I mean, they were like, <laughs> there were spiders like, you know, building the webs on the trail, you know. And uh, they said that they were walking along, talking, going from from one spot to, you know, point A to point B, whatever. And this thing crawled <clears throat> out into the middle of the path where they were walking. It stood up. Now, it didn't stand straight up. They just said it was still kind of hunched over. Like it was going to lunge forward at them. And they thought, man, this thing is really, honestly, they thought this thing is about to attack us. It's about to lunge and attack us. And he said that, well, the guy that told me the story did only talk to one of them. But he said that me and my friend, he's, I noticed when we were talking, he goes, dude, my arms were cold. My hands were in my pockets. And we could see our breath. Whoa. And so he said, we stood there staring at it and it said that it was blinking its eyes. Like it wasn't like fiery red eyes, just staring at it. You know, they said they were glowing. The the eyes were a yellowish color, mm-hmm. um, but they did seem self illuminated like it was illuminated and, and there was, they didn't have a flashlight, sh- you know, shining on it. Um, but they, they were walking with a flashlight, but when this thing appeared, the flashlight went out. So that l- lends to it possibly being something supernatural uh, and I remember him saying that, that they both felt like they were, they were really cold. He said that he felt like he was cold, like, like all the way through his body. Um, when they got back to their friend's trailer, they said that he, he felt like he was going to have a heart attack and he didn't know, they didn't, he didn't know if it was like from, from like a rush of adrenaline from seeing something so awful. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, he, he didn't know if it was like, oh, there was just such a horrible experience that his friend was like, I felt like that thing was going to give me a heart attack or if it was something that was actually hurting him. But he said that a couple of days later, his friend felt so bad, he ended up like asking to go to the hospital. Oh, wow. Um, now, it did cause stress and anxiety. But uh, how do you explain the cold? I mean, you know, this is in the summertime. He said it was in like July. That's a very good question. So, yeah, that's a that's a weird one. I mean, how do you explain that? 
I don't think that I can. <laughs> I mean, is that a Wendigo? I think it sounds like it a lot like it. I mean, with the eyes, so you said they were yellow. Yeah, amberish yellow. Is what yeah. I said. yeah, see, that's really common with Wendigo. Even with people that become the Wendigo, they say their eye become yellow, like a sickly yellow, and they actually glow from inside. So that really caught my attention too. I just I want to bring. Um, well, I, I'm not sure exactly. Um, I think yeah, it could be. I have heard the yellowish thing, um, but I did I did have a question for Ryan that I wanted to bring up um, mm. before I forget. Um, what do you make of these people reporting dreaming about the Wendigo in the scale that they're that they're reporting it? I mean, granted, you know, we live in the age of technology, right? So we got the internet and, you know, people like to jump on the bandwagon. But like I've noticed a lot of people um, talking about having having dreams of this thing. Is there anything dating, you know, back to the lore, to the original lore? That, oh, that yes. Yeah. In fact, uh, if somebody dreamed about the Wendigo, it was actually feared. I don't know if you guys know what a Palaganok is. No. It's a spirit guide. And they believe that Palaganoks would visit you in your dreams. And for the most part, it was a good thing. But if you had the Wendigo Palaganok, that was a bad sign because you were doomed to either become a Wendigo or something very bad was going to happen to you and the people around you. And it was incredibly common to happen, actually. In fact, a lot of people had dreams like that and they would be executed for the dreams. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. Best wow. if you were, you know, Algonquin or Cree, and you told your friend, "Hey, I had a Wendigo dream." Oh, you were in trouble. You were in deep, deep trouble. They just stopped you before you could start. Is that, is, is well, that what it was? Precursor to you transforming, for the most sure. part. Sure. You know, yeah. so if you had that strong dream and you kept having dreams repeatedly, they did believe that you were, in fact, becoming said Wendigo. And that is what people are saying about this. You know, they're not just like, oh, I had a dream and it was about the Wendigo. I mean, they're saying that they're lucid dreaming and they're not typically lucid dreamers. You know, they're very aware that they're in a dream and they're very aware of, you know, what's happening at the time. So, um, yeah, I just I don't know. I thought that was of note because it's something interesting to look into to find out like what the Wendigo does in their dreams, if it's similar to anything in the past. Okay, that's interesting. So. Best best case scenario, you're going to turn into a Wendigo, but mm-hmm. in order to not be killed before that, just don't tell anybody your dream. Pretty much, or go see a shaman and tell the shaman what's going on, so he can help you. So, so that would be that would that would be the remedy. You'd have to go to a shaman, and you'd have to hope he was strong enough to help you. Yeah. Oh man! But if the shaman can't do it, then you're no. pretty much condemned to be a Wendigo, which means you're going to be right. a grotesque. But but the upside is that you'll be tall. <laughs> so right. I mean, you know, I mean, you'll be like me and Ryan. You'll be a tall person, right? <laughs> It'll work. It's, it's worth it. work. Run with it. But yeah, Ashley, that would definitely be worth looking into some more. I mean, if somebody are having dreams of these things, yeah, that'd be really fascinating to probe into a little bit more. I just I noticed that it was definitely a phenomenon going on. You know, right now when I come across you know, people talking about the Wendigo in the wild, mm-hmm. usually it's in that form. It's because they're dreaming about it and they're, you know, and, and, the, and, you know, you can tell that they're disturbed by these dreams. It's not just, you know, I mean, the reason why they're reaching out and they're sharing it is because the dreams were so vivid and so that's real too, because, you know, not a lot of people would know that part of the lore, Ashley. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, wow. Oh. Well, well, I didn't know that part of the lore, to be honest with you. I just yeah, knew that it, that was happening. It's not common knowledge. I mean, most people you say when to go to, and they're like, oh, it's somebody that went cannibal, and they don't know all the other parts to it. That's so, a good point. 
Yeah, so like I said, they didn't know really- to eat the other parts. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what's interesting though the the guy one of the guys that I had talked to I didn't talk to both of them I just talked to the one guy and he told me about his friend, but he said that his friend did have nightmares afterwards. Now it did it did it, it didn't yeah it didn't predate that though. I mean as far as I know. I guess I could do more research on that and find out. Maybe maybe bring that up one day on the live stream. Uh, give you an, I'll give you an update on the live stream if he tells me. I'll, I'll uh, he listens to the show, so I'll talk to him. I can ask him and say, hey, you know, did this? Did he have dreams prior to that? Because you know, he said that he they both had like like ni- a nightmare. But but you know, I, I I chalk that up to like any sort of encounter with something. You know, you're going to have nightmares about it. But I mean, what Ashley. Was ref- what you're referring to? I believe is that these these dreams predated the, their encounter with the Wendigo, right? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean, as as far as what I've been reading, I mean, these people haven't haven't encountered a Wendigo in real life, but they're just having, yeah. I mean, before, oh, just having dreams about it, yeah. Just having yeah, very vivid that, dreams. Even that in itself, though, that's really fascinating to me because that's not a commonly known part of the lore. So, that is interesting then if people are talking about it in such a large scale. I mean, like I said, I come across these a lot. Um, when I, like I said, normally it's, it's, a, it's one of two things when I come across the Wendigo, you know, kind of out on social media or whatever. The first one is art, right? right. People sharing their, their Wendigo art. It's always the stag headed thing. Now, granted, it looks really cool. Um, but the second one is dreams about the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know. I thought I'd ask you and see if there was anything to that. And apparently um, there is. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot to it. We'll talk more about it off the air, actually, but there's a okay. lot. I think good. with the minimal amount of evidence we've managed to get together so far on the show, we can make two hard and fast rules. One is if you call it a rake, you're a loser. <laughs> and the other, the other one is if you're dreaming about it, Ooh, you're done. You're going to die. Sorry. Game, game, yep. game over, man. Game over. That's it. All right, calm down, Hudson. <laughs> so, so I, we we can, and then like maybe a third rule too. I mean, like if you are dreaming about it, then then you need to go talk to a shaman. If not, then someone needs to kill you. Yeah, pretty much. It was pretty horrible. Pretty horrible. Yeah, we'll have tough. a tent ceremony for anybody dreaming about it. <laughs> So, Ashley, when you talk about these people ha- dreaming about the Wendigos, mm-hmm. they're, when they're dreaming, are they describing a pale crawler, humanoidal type thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are. Um, the, uh, they shark are. teeth. I mean, some of them are, you know, mentioning the, the stag-headed thing. You know, I'm not going to say that, you know, full transparency here. I'm not going to say that some of them aren't. But when the ones that I've been coming across are accurate and – you know, and I've come across ones that aren't necessarily, they're not saying the Wendigo, but they are mentioning, you know, pale humanoids with these features that are very, you know, demonic and scary and the big teeth, the scary eye, you know, the eyes, uh, that's, you know, something that attracts me. Um, I'm attracted to eyes. And, uh, you know, so it is interesting because even though I guess they don't necessarily call it the Wendigo, but some people will chime in because, like I said, usually it's on social media and they'll be like, oh, I think that's a Wendigo. Oh, I think that's an alien. Oh, I think that's a, you know, and whatever. Um, but, you know, there are some people. So it just depends on the uh, on the stories, I suppose. And I mean, the stag headed people are they having, you know, they're still 
probably having some very scary dreams, but is that a Wendigo? I mean, would the Wendigo know that now our common representation of it is the stag-headed creature? Well, why would it not? I mean, if it's something to do with a supernatural world, it's going to be aware of how we view it. Mm-hmm. It's going right. to use how we view it to its advantage. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, Why not? exactly. Yeah, because because Ryan, you have a good point, you know, and, and both of you, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I talked about that one day about how the fourth dimension and entities or creatures from the fourth dimension can see us, we can't see them, right? So they could literally find your fear and then play into that, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 if it's a shapeshifter, then it's going to find your 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 Achilles heel, and it's going to be like I'm going to. You know, here's an interesting thing. I was talking to somebody one day, and this was about a house that she lived in that had a bunch of haunted activity and all this and that. But she was talking about she had this fear, of, and it ties into what you were saying, Ashley, about the dreams. She said she had this overriding fear the whole time that she lived in that house when she was a kid that there was this pale entity, like a creature, and it had like sunken in black holes for eyes no nose and then just black mouth, but it was pale. And I started to to think of my, my mind's eye and I said, like a skeleton. And she said, yeah, kind of like a skeleton. But then she said that now to get this, she said that, you know, those stormtroopers, the helmets from star Wars, she said that, <laughs> that, that her brother had one of those, like a mask, you know, it was like, this is back in the eighties, whatever, like a mask like that hanging on the wall. And just that at night scared her so bad. She couldn't sleep. She kept staring at it. And not knowing what it was because it was close to Halloween, and she was like, "What is that?" So eventually, she jumped up and turned the light on, and she 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 saw it with the white, with the black, you know, and it just made her scream. And so her mom, her mom came in there and was like, "What's going on?" You know, and she's like, "There's a mask in the wall," and she's like, "Okay, all right, yeah, okay, it's Star Wars, whatever," you know. But it was like she had this such this overriding fear, and so I asked her. I said, "Did you?" see something like that in the house? And she said, no, she said, I never, I never saw anything like that in the house, but I would dream about this pale humanoidal, like female type creature that would come out of the closet. But I, it was, it was definitely a dream. It's like what you said, Ashley, about these people are not like, they're absolutely dreaming. It's in a dreamlike state. They're not, there's not no confusion. It's not like alien abduction. She was like, no, it was like, I just had a couple dreams about this, you know, whatever, but they were weird, you know, dreams. They were, it was absolutely a dream. You know, she thought it was, she felt like it was a dream. She was in that conscious state of dream, like whatever. And, but she said, as far as like seeing something like that, she never did. She said that her and her brother and her other sister, her other sister, they would see something in the corner of their eyes. You know what I mean? The pan, the parents weren't seeing it. So they weren't really believing them. But she she was just like taken back by this fear of this pale thing. And then she said years later, when they got together at like Thanksgiving or something, they were all talking about it. And she said that that that, that it came up. They were like, yeah, me too. I was afraid of that too. Well, while she was telling me this, I, I started thinking about it. And I said, you know, that is a very scary thing, you know. To me too, because I've I've thought about that before, you know. But I hadn't really thought about it till we were talking about it. But it, it did it did kind of click in my head that maybe that's a universal fear or something of this pale, death like skeletal type creature 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That represents like death, you know? Well, you know, speaking of uh, of that, I, I wanted to bring up one other creature before I forget. What about the, and, you know, particularly for, for Ryan, well, you know, what about ghouls? Where do they fit into this? They don't. Anyway, let's move on. Look, like I was saying, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're right. The ghoul. That, there, there you go right there. I think you just hit the nail on the head. The ghoul. That's, yeah. an, that's an Arabic, you know. Well, yeah, the, that... the guela, nazguela, naguela, all that. It's all. And then, right. of course, there's the, the wolf that actually kills and eats it. So if if you read Legends of the Fire Spirits, it's a book. I've I've talked about it before. It's it's they talk about those because the the stories you know of the demons uh, you know in Islam they predate Islam <clears throat> and they go from oh, those yeah. different regions. Yeah, and they were ghouls. The ghouls they would they would they would haunt uh, the cemeteries, of course, you know, and eat the dead and and do different things that that were pretty pretty gnarly, but they were cannibals. You know, and these ghouls, and, and a lot, and, and then in some of the cultures, they were females, strictly females. But then in other cultures, they were, you know, both both uh, male and female, and whatever, or they didn't have gender; they were just there. But they, but they were like these humanoidal type creatures. Because one of the things I've noticed about in these stories, and I, and I got enough to do an entire another show about these pale humanoids. there's so many of them. Like, I mean, you get so many of these stories. There's got to be something going on to this. I almost feel like we're being invaded and I'm, and I'm not joking and I'm not trying to cause panic here. This isn't war of the worlds. I'm just saying that, you know, there's something to this because you get, you're getting so many reports and I'm talking to other podcasters and authors and people, and they're getting reports of these creatures, you know, more prevalent. It's more and more prevalent. Um, I don't know if they're coming into our world or the veil is thinning, as they say. I don't know what it is. There's all these different theories. Uh, but I think that the, you hit the nail on the head, Ashley, when you said the ghoul. Because, you know, that is what these things look like. And they do oh, yeah. um, the stories and the legends from the ancient times all the way up till now is that they eat people. And that they Very eat similar. the dead, you know. And then, of course... What's even weirder is that, you know, and I'm not saying the dog man is some kind of hero because it's pretty gnarly in its own right, but it it actually will kill and eat these things because there is a wolf. And in some of the legends like the Yazidi, the Kurdish Yazidi legends, and I can tell you right now when it comes to cultural whatever, I've studied this, you know, I'm pretty, pretty well versed in this. Um, that the, they They believe that this wolf isn't like a normal wolf. It's the wolf that walks like a man. Now, th- that is a weird thing, you know, and it, and it goes from region to region. Some of them say that it's a, a, uh, a fire spirit that can become a wolf, but then it also can walk like a man. Well, and the two stories that I shared earlier, the side of the road stories, both happened both and and dog man populated areas yeah one was the one was wisconsin the one was was germantown ohio so i mean you know i'm just saying connection there yeah and then the story that i got that i that, that was in it was in it was right outside it's a little bitty town called joppa I, mean, I don't even know if it's on the map but it's here in central texas in the in, in the really really rocky hill country really rough terrain and uh there was a deer lease out there you know, that bordered one of my, on my dad's side of the family, they had some family that lived out there. Um, <clears throat> and they, they had a deer lease and there was a dog man encounter by a, 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 a good yeah. friend of mine. His stepbrother went out there and he saw the rake with his friend. Um, 
dang near the name, the same. I mean, these deer stands were probably a mile apart. Um, maybe not even a mile, I'd say about three quarters of a mile, um, apart from one another. So you get these rake type, whatever you want to call them, pale humanoid crawler type creature stories in dogman territory. And now me and Ryan, you know, Ryan, we've talked about this and we even joked about it, like how that's a heck of a way to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> is you're out there hunting and you know, and you're, 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 but you know, if you look at it though, and then from an animal and I'm not saying they're animals, what I'm saying though, cause they're very much not animals, but leopards, they hunt and live in hyena and lion infested areas, but they, they live up in trees. Um, you see, you hear a lot about these pale humanoidal things, uh, floating in the water. I got one upstate New York that was where it was floating, um, and then you get them like up in trees. Maybe they, they climb up into these, these smaller, thinner trees because they know that Dogman and Bigfoot can't climb up into those trees. So maybe when the Dogman and Bigfoot, if they, if they wanted to go after them, they would have to break the tree down. Then these things could just leap from tree to tree, almost like a primate, you know. Um, I've gotten a story, like when I do the, the pale humanoidal crawler episode, which Ryan, you had actually suggested – we do first, but then I thought, you know, it's all relative, you know what I mean? Um, but I'm going to do a show about that. But the, 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 there have been reports of these things going, jumping from treetop to treetop and, and even having like a weird looking small tail, uh, but still having a lot of the same features of this, the pale humanoidal uh, critter. But, you know, I, you wonder like, you know, the, 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 the encounters that people have with this pale humanoid when they have the the cold, that's got to be. I mean, to me, and now we've we've talked about two of them, where the people felt the cold. I got another one, and I'm going to ask you this one. Let me tell you this one. Now, the the one with in the Wind River, it just it it basically just hopped back into the woods and it was gone. And then they stood there for a long time before they actually walked. You know, because they were like, "Is this thing going to ambush us?" It wasn't very big. I mean, it wasn't very, it wasn't large and it wasn't standing all the way upright. It was about six foot hunched over. So, um, standing upright, yeah, it probably would have been, you know, seven foot tall, but you know, I, I, I don't, I, I can't say hundred percent and neither could they or the person that I talked to. But one of the things that stood out to me was that it was emaciated looking. Mm -hmm. Common trait. Common trait. Yeah. Now, I told you about the one in Maine, or the one in uh, Maine and uh, Maine slash Canada, and I told you about my friend Arash, and then we, and then we talked about did we talk about the South Dakota one? Nope, not yet. Yeah, I don't think we've gotten to that one. So look, let's go to that one, and I got one from Montana. Uh, now the one from the one from South and the one from Montana is very short. It's not a very long, a drawn out uh, any anything. You know, it's it's just a. The the one from South Dakota was interesting. These guys, they were hunting, and it was cold already. But they see over this plane, like this thing just kind of, and, and they had gone out, and they and they were miles from, from town, and they had gone out, and they were hunting. And uh, this thing came just up over a hill, and it was just like, like swaying side to side. As it got closer, they started to realize that it looked like a pale – human person that was covered in furs. I'm not talking about fur like it had fur, but it looked like they could see like like furs over its chest and its back and the the forearms down were 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 pale. They could see it was pale 
and it was wearing something on its head, which they couldn't tell looked like more fur. And they thought, you know how you look and you see like an old, and this is the way the guy described it to me, and it sounds silly, but an old miner prospector or an old mountain man, you know, oh, yeah. living out in the, you know, he's like, I, they, they, they thought that it was like a hobo. And those were, that was his exact words. It was like a hobo that had been living out there and was just starving to death. And so they thought, wow, this guy's, you know, he's walking out here and they waved to him like, hey, you know, and it, it didn't, he, it, whatever, didn't respond. And as it got closer, when it got about 40 yards out, they were like, dude, they were, they were like standing up, leveling their guns at it because the, the, they could see that the, something was wrong with the face. The face didn't look right. Now it had a beard. Okay. It very much looked like at one time it may have been a man. Uh, let me see what it is. Like my notes here. Okay, it 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 was it waddled from side to side with a weird gait. Okay, the legs were completely covered by by furs, like some type of furs, animal furs, but they could see feet. The feet sticking out of what looked like moccasin type shoes, and they were like toes, like bones. Whoa. And the the hands, one on, in particular, looked like it was skeletal. Oof. So this thing looked like a, a skeleton man that was like a almost like mummified man. And that's that's my words, not theirs. But I say mummified because that's the way that they described it. And that it was waddling side to side coming toward them. And they were just like, what? the heck is this? So they went back about 20, 30 yards and got on the ATVs and left. Um, they didn't want to shoot it because they thought this could be a person, but this is an emaciated person. And they, and, and another thing they said that it looked like it was covered in like shards of ice, like little pieces of like it was frozen or something like it had been in the frozen food section. <clears throat> wow. So, what a horrifying story! Yeah, wow. yeah, exactly. And, and Ryan, that's why I keep I kept telling you we got to do this because because I've got to get this story out. That's you know how tempted one. I was to tell this one on Halloween. <laughs> I was like, like actually, you know, I told you I was like, I've got some stuff to talk about. Sure. And Ryan and, and Ashley was like, we have got to get Ryan to you know this, to get this done, you know. But uh, yeah, that one I wanted to tell on Halloween, and we decided, no, nah, let's wait. We'll save it for when you know we talk about this. That screams Wendigo to me, I, and and I don't know that that is what that is. It, but if if you had to, and I'll give you my take on it real quick. But if you had to put it, uh, your finger on it and say this is what that is, some guy, you know, was out there a buffalo hunter, maybe, you know, from the eighteen hundreds, maybe he got turned into one. Now he's just wandering around out there? I mean, for some reason, I can't tell you exactly why, just intuitively. You know, when I hear you tell that story, and again, I, I, I don't have anything to compare it to. The first thing I think of is 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 the Fae, and I, I don't know why mm. I'm getting that. But uh, that's Ryan, just, what do you think? I'm going to have to agree with you on this one, Josh. That does sound a lot like a Wendigo. I mean, with the ice shards and everything. That's mm -hmm. terrifying, though. I mean, even if he was dead, though, there's a very, like, there's a strong connection to the Wendigo and the dead. I mean, look at Pet Cemetery. You know, that was the power that was oh, bringing yeah, the dead. Oh, yeah, the Micmac uh, tribe. It was the Wendigo's power that was bringing the dead back. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So, 
go, go back to what you said, Ashley. You, the, you said the fae, the fairies, yeah. the fairies. Why? Yeah, that's, why? That's why? Like a, I don't know. To me, it just seems like a type of fae. I guess because it's wearing clothes and everything, uh-huh. and then like it's got a beard and things like that. It just doesn't, you know, for me, it doesn't like scream Wendigo, but it, you know, I, whatever it is, I don't want that guy near my house. <laughs> Dude. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would agree. I tend to agree. <laughs> I wouldn't want that thing anywhere near me. Uh, that's yeah. why they got in the ATVs and took off. Uh, you know, here's a, here's a weird thing. And I was going to actually talk about this at Christmas time, and I'll probably revisit this. But the legend of Santa Claus, and everybody's going like, what does this have to do with anything? Well, hear me out. You know, there's even a, a story. He's a, he's a, what is he? A ripe, jolly old elf. Isn't that what they say? Mm-hmm. Isn't that how they say it? I think that does it say? I don't know if they use the word ripe or something. I don't know if that's correct, but yeah. is that what they say? Like he's a he's a he's a, he's a jolly old elf. They said right. Yeah, and in yeah. some pictures he's depicted with kind of pointy looking ears, and so ears, I started thinking he's either a human who's captured a lot of fairy elf type people, and he's running a sweatshop. And, and he's not a good guy, you know, he's using slave labor or they're just happy to help. And he's like the big fat head elf guy that's doing it. But either way, he's not a normal guy. And they say he's like, you know, like he's an elf and he has these magical powers and he brings gifts and toys and the fairy are said to do that. Like if they like you, they'll leave you gifts. Um, I got a a, a friend that, that they, this couple of my, a friend of mine's, uh, friends of mine, they they've said that they had built uh, what they believe was their fairy mound in the UK, and these they they did all the proper things they were supposed to do, and now every now and then they'll get like small little gifts, like like really smooth rocks and crystals and stuff that are being left on their back doorstep. Um, you know, and I'm not trying to get we're not going to get into whole that that whole whatever, but. You know, that's a good, that's a good part of it. Whatever. That's like a good part. Santa Claus, he wore clothes, you know, oh, yeah. they, they aren't typically terrifying. I mean, there, there are bad fae, mm-hmm. um, but you know, that I definitely, I don't want to give them a bad name cause I want them to like me. So. Yeah, you, want, you don't want the tree. The trick or treat is like, you don't want the trick. You want the treat. Is that, right. Exactly. Yeah, let's, let's leave the, tr- the trick out. Like what I'm saying is though. There's a lot of stories about them not being good, like the Sealy Court, you know, the Unsealy Court. You know, there's, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole whatever, but they do some dark things and they're not necessarily good or bad. They're just kind of there, but it depends on you. I mean, you know look at I mean? changelings. Those things are, I mean, they, you know, steal the, the soul Children. of a child and take its place. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're not good, you know, so it, they're out there. I don't know why. I'm not sure why that's what I just envisioned. I think, like I said, I think it's because it, it seemed so human, um, you know, because I don't know. I just, I never think about Wendigo donning clothes, you know, but, yeah. but that's a good point. I guess if, if it was, you know, a person turned Wendigo, then, then okay, that would make sense, I guess. And that's just what he what he was wearing you know when it happened so yeah and i can see that if he did turn well you know that would make sense and that goes back to what ryan right. has said about it all along that they they take human people and and convert them into you know whatever and and this thing could have been a you know you know, and, and I made the joke that he looked like he came out of the frozen food section well you know but i mean that 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 makes sense he's covered in like a frost 
You know, I mean, it wasn't like snowing at the time. It was cold. It was late fall or whatever, you know, but, uh, you know, what, what was it? I mean, you know, they weren't, they didn't, the, the two hunters didn't look anything like that thing. They just said, I know what you look like. I look like what we look like, you know, that doesn't look like us, but the clothing and, and everything kind of says, Hey, maybe this thing, this was a guy who's maybe it's a spirit, you know, maybe it got lost out there on the plains. It's wandering around out there. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, you you could say it's a ghost. You could say it's a zombie. You could say it's a, a crawler with clothes. You could say it's a, a Wendigo. I have no idea. That that is to me the million dollar question: is what you know are these things, and 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 are these all just just uh, if you lump them all together, are they all Wendigo? Whereas Ryan, you're saying no. There's something that's very specific. That's that's a Wendigo. And then, of course, Ashley brought up the Kushtaka, and we're, we're you know you're saying. Well, no, that's not a Wendigo, but then when you read about it, it has a lot of the same characteristics and it has a lot of the same, you know, like fire, you know, and all these other things that it, that it's, that, that you can use to defeat it or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I, don't I mean, maybe it's just something that, I mean, th- there's a lot, a lot of these different things and, and I know how exhausting it can be when you start kind of tying up and trying to chase these loose ends and i mean you know maybe it's just a matter of not you know looking digging too deeply into certain things and and whatnot i mean i don't expect you know ryan or or one individual to know everything about one single subject you know so um but you know i I think that ryan for the most part agrees that there's definitely different names for this this thing that's the same thing Oh yeah. Would you agree with that? Okay. Okay. Yes. You know, so I think that, you know, we're all kind of on the same page there, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but we all have different experiences with different types of these creatures. And so we call it different things. I mean, Josh, you know a lot about the ghoul and then, you know, I've, I've started diving into the Kushtika because of, you know, the encounter that I was told and, you know, Ryan, you just know a little bit of everything. So, I mean, you know, but I think that at the end of the day, um, I think we're all agreeing that it's probably part of something bigger and, um, you know, again, uh, I will reiterate, uh, I don't want it to come to my house. So that's <laughs> all I need to know about it. I got one, one last, uh, encounter. This happened, this happened in far Western Montana near the border with Idaho. And he was, they were, he was driving around to pick up his friend. If I remember correctly, it says, yeah, it was, it was, it was dusk. And uh, he had kept hearing a noise, like a like a like a whistling, howling noise. And he said that it kept making him like every time it would happen, he said he'd feel like a jolt of cold go through his body, and like he thought that it was the wind. And then at one point, he was sitting there and he goes, "Dude, I'm not. Uh, this isn't the wind. The wind's not blowing on me. It's just the sound. Whenever I hear this whistling, guttural, echoing sound." Then I, and then he goes, I get the sensation that the wind is blowing on me. But when he stopped and he started paying attention, he goes, it's not the wind. So eventually he got up and he took off and he went to go pick up his friend who wasn't but a couple miles down the road. And he said that as he was driving out, this thing darted out in front of his vehicle, standing straight up. But he said it ran super fast. Like if you took like a, a, a video and you fast forwarded it. You know, and he goes, you know, and and I said, now let me tell you something. I said, I have, 
you know, Roku, <laughs> have DVR, have all that, you know, you know, and it, usually it's one, two, three, four. You know, if it was from a scale from one to four, he goes, it would be like a four. He's like, I just saw a pale white and black blur just go across in front of my truck. He goes, and then I look to my right and I see like brush and stuff moving, but I don't see anything. I just see the brush and stuff moving. And now he said when he picked up his friend, his friend gave him a really weird story that he saw this weird thing. Uh, the grass was kind of tall in one spot and he said he saw it kind of pop and pop like a, like a head, but he thought it almost resembled a human skull. And then it went back down and then he saw the grass moving, like whatever it was, was crawling through the grass really fast. And then that was it. And he thought, did I just see that? So when they compared notes, they were both freaked out. But, uh, th- I mean, that's it. You know what got me about that one is the way that you were talking about the howling, the noise that you he heard. Uh-huh. Yeah, the high-pitched thing. They actually say in the lore for the Wendigo that the call of the Wendigo is enough to chill you to the bone. That it uses that call to actually paralyze its victim. So that caught my attention like that right away. So maybe it was trying to paralyze something else because it didn't seem to paralyze him. Like, it didn't. Yeah, it right. didn't yeah maybe he was hearing it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was uh, using it on animals. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just speculating here, and maybe that he just managed to hear it, and maybe he was far enough away that all he felt was like a cold chill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. sense. And you know, so that's all the stories I got. That that you know, there, there's a ton of other like pale humanoidal whatever, but those are the ones that stuck out. I poured over my uh, notes, and I thought I got to find those particular stories because those are the ones that, that you can kind of say, maybe that's what this is. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times too, when people get stories, man, and I got one of these from uh, an avid listener who told me, Hey, I got a story, you know, and, and this person, and when we had discussed, talked about doing the Wendigo episode, they were like, Hey, what do you think this is? And I said, that's absolutely possible. You know, that's a story that needs to be told on there. You know, there's stories similar to that. That's the same thing, the pale humanoid, whatever, but you don't have the, uh, the sound, you don't have the cold aspect. So are those not Wendigo? Mm, That's a good question. Very good question. I mean, it could be, you know, a form of them or just the Ashman that we were talking about too. Tell me a little more about that. Oh, well, I mean, when it comes to those guys, what I think of is the monsters from The Descent. I don't know about you, Ashley. What do you picture when you see those guys? Uh, I mean, pretty much the same thing. But I I think of the monsters from The Descent when I think of the Wendigo, personally. Oh, okay. Well, you know, when I think of the Ashmen, that's what I think of. And I think of these things that are running around the forest, you know, that people are running into. And it just really acts incredibly awkward when they see them. You know, they're not polite. They're not friendly. They're just kind of aggressive people that come at them. It's, it's interesting. Native Americans spoke of them too. And it's something I'm going to be looking more into. They, they spoke of the Ashmen. Yeah. Which yep. is distinctly different from Wendigo or they, they spoke of them as they were the Wendigo. They kind of clumped them together. Clumped them together. Yeah. Which is actually what I would have done too. I mean, if I was living back then and I didn't know about cryptozoology or anything like that, they'd be all get lumped together. So and what about this movie, The Descent? Um, should I go check that out? Because I haven't, I don't think I've seen it. Uh, the first one? Sure. Sure. The second oh, wow. one? No. <laughs> There's already like part two. I haven't yeah. even seen part one. What's it about? 
it's about this uh, group that goes into this cave to go splunking. And well, when they go into this cave, there are some beings that live in there that don't take too kindly to them being there. And all kinds of murder happens. <laughs> it's well, and these cool. things are kind of more similar to, you know, if you want to compare it to something that maybe, you know, you're familiar with, they're more like, because um, they're just like cave dwelling monsters. So it's, you know, like goblins or um, yeah, it's an interesting Tommy knockers, you know, would be an, another comparison. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if you like that kind of thing, watch it. Yeah, the movie's interesting. I mean, they like do twenty years it. old. I don't know. Watch it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I tell you, that's weird because, like, the goblins. When, you know, when you say the, the 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 name goblin, that's another thing. Yeah, I think it kind of right. conjures up, and you know, this. Uh, there's all kinds of things. I mean, like some people talk about goblins as being green. Some of them talk about them as being like evil looking elves. And some sure. people talk about them as being cave dwelling pale creatures. I mean, yeah. right. well, the things a, in this, Josh, I'll send you some pictures of these things from the movie. Right, I'll, see I'll what check I, it out. They're like, I don't know. They kind of remind me of bat people in a way. Cause they use sonar to hunt. So I don't want to get too many details. Well, yeah. Don't though. tell me too many details. I won't know. So it, so in, in conclusion, I guess, I would say that the Wendigo is kind of a catch-all for a Native American legend-based boogeyman. Yes. But people see it, right? Mm -hmm. Just as people use goblin as kind of or a troll as a catch-all, you know, in particular in the UK and in the northern European countries, you know, you, so you get this weird uh, sort of goblin. It's, it's some sort of, you know, catch-all. Because you goblin can be as different as like a little green skinny guy to a big ugly pale humanoidal type creature. I mean, you know, so you get it's a catch all. Yeah, it's so, a blanket term. Yeah. So so in conclusion, is that what we're gonna we're gonna kinda leave it at that for the folks at home listening, that that's kind of what we think of as the Wendigo? Or did you have more to add to that, Ryan? I'll leave it at that, but I will say if they have questions or they want to share their opinion, they can contact me anytime. As long as it's between the hours of 2 p.m. and 3 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, right. Because, you know, I got one to go things to do after that. 23 so. hours of his day are dedicated toward the research and study of said creatures. And <laughs> then that hour, he will answer your questions. With commercial breaks, it will come out to about 27 minutes of question that he can Correct. time. It. Yes. So he's a very busy individual, as is Ashley, as am I. And I guess that's it. Do y'all guys have any closing statements you want to make? No, I just want to say it was a lot of fun. Glad yeah, it was. A, it was good. I think I, I think I learned some things. I don't know. I think uh, we we learned a little bit. <laughs> I think so. I think we educated one another. Yes, Ashley. Oh, you. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's like, she's like, I'm already like preparing for, uh, for, for my show. La -la she's over there like preparing for her next show already. Exactly. I'm like, what? Do, I'm like, what do I do? Um. Yes, thank you for having me back. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's a pleasure. Um, you know, I always like talking about uh, the weird. So yeah. yeah. And your show is actually called? On Wednesdays, we talk weird. On Wednesdays, we, on Wednesdays, we talk weird. That's her show. And you have a co-host. His name? Uh, his name is Pat O'Sullivan. That's my co-host. Um, he's, he's not anybody except he makes horror movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Horror movies, uh, apparently I'm behind the eight ball on that because my wife's like, there's this horror movie about blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, because I'm not a big horror fan, but I did watch several. When I had when I, when I was sick with COVID, I watched a bunch, and then I kept thinking, this is depressing. And then I realized it was because I was watching 
you know, depressing. I was watching stuff. the you terror know, and all this other stuff, and I was like, no wonder I feel. You know, I'm gonna plug something. I'm gonna say, in lieu of checking out my show, um, go check out Pat's movie Space Werewolf. I promise you will not be disappointed. <laughs> okay. I promise you won't be disappointed. Okay, and is it a funny type thing or is it a? I mean, it's a trauma. I don't know if you're familiar with trauma, but it's a trauma movie. So, yeah, I guess. Okay. Well, there you go. Check it out. And then uh, check out Wednesdays. We talk weird with Ashley and Ryan. You know, join his group, Whisper to a Scream podcast with Ryan Tremblay. Uh, Ryan and me have done, we've collaborated together. We did the Genosqua. We did the Gugwe. We did uh, or, we did Goatman Origins. Um, we've done this one. We did one with Ken Gerhardt about prehistoric uh, creatures. Um, so Ryan is is developing uh, a, a impressive uh, research body that he's done, and he's done a lot of research. And and of course Ashley Hill. Everybody from Paranormal Roundtable, Whisper to a Screen podcast, from Wednesday we talk weird. Uh, everybody out there listening, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening, and good night. Take care, everybody. And don't let the windy goes by. <laughs>